0: Welcome to Raiders of the Lost podcast, one of the fastest growing movie podcasts in the world, where we discuss all things film. On this episode, we discuss back to school movies. Hello movie friends, welcome back to the show This is Anthony And this is James Today we're going to go back to school Since all the schools, high schools, elementary schools, colleges are all starting back up This month and last month We'll go over some of our favorite high school movies, back to school movies And talk about like 15 to 20 of them Back to school Alright, so this list (laughs) we put together We got some classics on it We got some personal favorites And I'm sure most of you will agree with this list This is our particular 15 favorite not fifteen, but we like got 17, seventeen, something a, like that. Essential school movies that it, you gotta watch. Yeah, and uh, obviously, maybe it has some missing from your list versus this list. But this is like a, a compilation of what we think are just very excellent choices. To and talk some, about. some of these we grew up on. You know, some of these we watched a ton when we were when we were kids, when we were teenagers. Like like movies like billy madison i don't know how many times i've seen mm-hmm. or like fast times at Richmond high so many times so these are movies Days that yeah, american pie we watched so many times so these are movies that we know really well in particular as well yeah and they're always just a fun time they're nostalgic they're relatable it's high school we've all been there we've all done that we've all had those same similar experiences that we'll talk about throughout these films but before we continue the best way to support Raiders of Lost podcast is to share us with your family and friends and to become a patron at patreon.com slash Raiders of Lost podcast. You'll get perks like personalized videos, podcast schedules for upcoming episodes, monthly pod, monthly patrons, no, patrons get, <laughs> top tier patrons get a monthly shout out on the podcast. And the best perk of all, everyone has access to bonus episodes, which post every Monday. Head on over to our website, of Podcast.com. Check out all of our stuff there. Subscribe, hit the notification bell, follow wherever you're listening. And let's get back into our episode. Let's dive in. I'm um, back to school. And so there are tons of like rules and themes in all these films. It's like the same thing with horror movies, you know, they the, have their cliches. They have their cliches. Yeah. and like their rules for survival, you could say stereotypical characters and some of the rules, you know, high school, the atmosphere has to be created to be realistic, nostalgic, and sometimes cringy, you know, walking through the hallways, the classrooms, the the teachers and professors who seem so familiar from your past, the, the clicks, the popularity, the jocks, and the social structure of high school is probably the most intimidating place on earth for a human being, besides like the Sahara. But <laughs> it's pretty, it's pretty scary. These movies tend to follow the outsider, um, the person who can't fit in, uh, the the dirt, dorks, the nerds, you know. I think that's because a lot of the writers of these movies maybe were like that growing up. I was for sure. I think it's more common to not be a popular person, not to be a clique in a high school than it is to be in a clique and be popular. I mean, the the social hierarchy in high school, like there's very few people, like it's like 10% (laughs) of the kids in the school are in that super popular realm. Some are even like... The super like there's that one person who's like the coolest kid in the school yeah. the most popular person and you're nowhere near there and I think yeah. the average person isn't even close to it but I'm actually wrong Billy Madison he was the coolest kid in his school when he was but at not, when, but not when during went, the movie not when he went back to school yeah. although he was the coolest kid in elementary school yeah. <laughs> as an adult but when he goes back to high school as an adult he's yeah. the biggest dork there but that's what something um like I when you grow up you learn how unimportant the cliques were because when you're a kid in high school like the popularity from I was very much like I didn't know myself and I I was a really wanted people to like me but then also I was very socially awkward and didn't know how to really socialize with people I can (laughs) confirm all of this (laughs) so it was a rough time for me like I didn't have many friends and I felt like I couldn't fit in with anyone and I wanted certain friends and I then I didn't want certain friends so I always struggled with like my place but then when you become an adult you, you understand the world's a big place yeah and the high school of Class of 400 students, 300 students, or whatever It's not that important it, It's important to you back then But when you become an adult You realize how, how like meaningless it all was Yeah, but going back to You never see the perspective of the popular cool kids You're a little wrong Ferris Bueller's Day Off Follows the coolest kid in any cool. high school yeah. of all time And then we have movies like um, varsity Blues and Friday Night Lights. They're the jockey cool kids that we're following through that film. So there are some films that I want to set the record straight that yeah, Anthony was wrong. I'm fired. and we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see how the episode goes before we decide to let you go. And I mean, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, Spicoli's like the coolest dude ever. <laughs> yeah, for audiences. <laughs> so there are, there are exceptions to that rule. But in general, we are following either the... Introverts versus the extroverts or the kids outside of the popular kick click or the kids who are like in book smart focused on other things besides social hierarchy in school. They're focused on getting good grades, getting into good schools before they finally let loose and rage for the final time. was the go. first first and final time. Wanna get into them? Let's go. Well, actually a few more things. All right, let's share the things. So then we also have uh, a lot of these films deal with uh, losing virginity and the concept of virginity and having sex at in your teenage years in high school. How it's like kind of the stigma, like you got to lose your virginity by the time you leave <laughs> high school. Super Bad follows you. that's the entire plot of Super Bad. That's a terrifying stigma. Yeah, <laughs> and then a lot of these films deal with graduation and then moving on to college, unless we're, it's a film that's already taking place in college. Yeah, and also just like talking to that crush. I think that's a common theme for sure, of like. Like, working up the courage to, like, get that crush to know that you like them. Yeah, definitely. which most of us never do. It's just – and then we – It doesn't work out like movies. And then 12 years later, we sit on Facebook and, like, oh, I forgot about this person that I had a crush on and would never talk to in high school. I wonder if they know who I am anymore. <laughs> oh, high school. But, um, yeah, and there's a ton of great themes that we'll go through. But, yeah, let's begin this is not in any really order. It's just kind of like a big compilation of films. It's but... an eclectic order. However, I think that the first film might be the best of them all, and the most, if not the most iconic, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Is... Ferris Bueller's. it? Fellas. <laughs> it follows a ferret named Fellas. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. This was released in 1986, written and directed by John Hughes, stars Matthew Broderick, Alan Ruck, and Mia Sara. A high school wise guy is determined to have a day off from school despite what the principal thinks of it. This was a classic, and it's got to be John Hughes' best movie. And The writing is so good. The characters are so great. Ferris is, you've got to say, one of the most loved characters in the history of film, uh, in particular because Matthew Broderick is excellent in it. John Hughes' writing of the dialogue is great, but the breaking of the fourth wall by Ferris Bueller is what really connects the audience to him, when he's always looking at us speaking to us behind the backs of others it really makes us feel like oh we're there with him yeah it's constant and that's why i really like the deadpool movies because they took that same exact feeling and and style of constantly breaking the fourth wall at any point in any scene just to relate to the audience they and even talk to us, Ferris bueller yeah they the post credit yeah the post credit scene in the, in the towel and everything so i love the concept of ferris bueller and like we said ferris is just like Impossibly cool and like famous locally, and like just everyone knows who he is, everyone has amazing things to say about him. He does favors for people that seem impossible to do, but all th- at the same time, Ferris has a couple of great villains and antagonists in this film to kind of combat him on his goals, specifically the principal at Rooney. And then his sister mm-hmm. are both trying to thwart his plans because they know that Ferris is is full of BS. He's always <laughs> trying to get out of situations. He he, he he's he, irresponsible. He is, and yeah. he no matter but no matter what he does, he always gets away with it, which his sister can't stand. and The principal can't stand. But we can't help but like love it because he's such a great guy and he, he's so yeah. charming. He's like if Tom Ripley wasn't a serial killer because Tom <laughs> Ripley always gets away with his crimes, yeah. whereas Ferris Bueller does this. He gets away with his mischief. He kind of like manipulates people. <laughs> oh, for sure, but. Yeah. It's, it's got so, some iconic moments whether it be the ferrari or just that song <laughs> i mean the fer- yeah the ferrari but also the parade scene is, yeah. is super iconic yeah, just dance. legendary film and we've all seen this we've all seen this a dozen times growing up like on the weekends it's the perfect movie to put on yeah and i, I love movies that take place within like a day mm-hmm. they're super fun the energy's better and it's sort of like the fantastical nature of He's like kind of a superhero. He's a superhero yeah. he, basic, Ferris yeah. Bueller, is like a superhero of, of high school students across the entire world. Like yeah. no one's like this, but we all imagine and have daydreams that we are like Ferris Bueller or exactly. could be. But that's why it's a, an amazing movie. We love yeah, it. Yeah, it could be the best high school movie. All right, let's move on. Next up, we have Mean Girls, which came out in 2004, directed by Mark Waters, written by Tina Fey, based on the book by Queen Bees and the Wannabes by Rosalind Wiseman. This movie, I think, is fantastic. Uh, The cast is amazing. You have Lindsay Lohan, and you have Rachel McAdams. Tina Fey wrote an amazing script. um, And this was just, I think, one of the best movies that year. And it's lived on in infamy, infamy now. Yeah, and the cast is even more stacked. We have Amy Poehler, Tina Fey, Amanda Seyfried, Lizzie Kaplan, Lacey Chabert. I'm a cool mom. I'm a cool. Mom. This movie, it's so good, and I I enjoyed even though I'm not, I'm not a girl. And I've, I I think this movie's hysterical. I think the plot's fantastic. I think Lindsay Lohan. I feel like she could have been st- like this the, was her peak. She could have yeah. been like one of the like we talked about Leonardo DiCaprio being one of the last movie stars ever. She could have been there. It's too bad the way her career turned out because she was such a superstar, especially after this movie. Yeah, she, and she. I think this is definitely the the apex of her career, and it could have been the start. of her real career as an adult it could have been the catalyst of superstardom but we all know you know her tumultuous personal life and uh, and how her career wound up but I think that if she had stuck to you know just focus on acting and the craft and I think she could have definitely had a gigantic career. Yeah, and she plays Katie Heron, who's hit with the plastics, who are basically like the ultimate supreme popular clique girls at her high school until she makes the mistake for falling for Aaron Samuels. I don't even <laughs> know. The, I can't remember the actor's name. Uh, he was the ex-boyfriend of the alpha plastic Regina George. The Rachel, alpha plastic. <laughs> R- Rachel McAdams. I think she was in this and The Notebook in the same year, 2004. Yeah. I think and so completely different characters and that shows why Rachel McAdams is such a tremendous actor still because she can do pretty much anything and she she also became a superstar after this and she's a great villain in this mm-hmm. and the script is so smart I love like the sequences like there's a bit of surrealism it, like, especially when all the kids turn into, like, animals and they start, like, fighting each other and attacking each other in the hallways. I like elements like that that bring you out of, like, taking it too seriously and bring some surrealist magic realism to the to the story. Yeah, it's relatable, you know, it's, if you've ever, like, sort of been in the popular clique for, like, a couple weeks, but then you, you realize it's not for you and you, you find your true friends like she does in the film. And, you know, I think it's overall got a great message and to just stay true to yourself and who you are and just... Follow your pla- your path in life that is best for you. What's the message in Ferris Bueller? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, just have fun. And no, the, the message is what's what's the line? Um, life moves too fast. Yeah, yeah. Unless, so it's like you shouldn't you gotta slow down before it go- goes by. Something like that. Oh, so people are gonna grill us for this. I can't. I, I can't remember off the top of my head. I haven't seen it. In, uh, if you in like, don't forget to look, it'll it'll pass you by. Something life, like that. Life goes by fast. If you don't forget to stop and look, it will pass you by. There you go. We That's got it. it. Live life. Someone uh, was typing an angry review, but then they stopped. (laughs) They hit unsub. Oh, okay. Deleted, deleted. Still unsubscribing. They're keeping me this week. (laughs) We're teetering on the edge for them. All right, let's move on. Unless you have anything else to add to me, girls. All right. We have Dope. This came out in 2015, written and directed by Rick Fumaya. I butchered that name. Fumayiya. Sorry, bud. It's close enough. Well, the director I'll mention he, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong. I believe that he has been Donald Glover's collaborator on all of his projects on Atlanta, yeah, and so. his music videos. So he's a great director. And then it stars Shamik Moore, Tony Revolori, and Kiersey Clemons. Kiersey Clemons is actually going to be in the Flash movie, and then Tony Revolori, you might remember him from Grand Budapest, Grand Budapest Hotel, and he's gonna and Man. And then Shamik Moore, he's sensational in this movie. You can tell he's going to have a great career going forward, and so shamik plays this character named malcolm who malcolm who's a geek trying to survive life in a tough neighborhood i believe it's inglewood and after a chance invitation to an underground party loose to him and his friends getting into this wild los angeles adventure that involves like drugs and all in like this wild party um it's it, again the theme of parties is really relevant here and that's how he gets into this mess in, in terms of the situation but i love this film because the aesthetic. And the vibe of like the 90s culture is on full display that's how we grew up so the wardrobe of these kids that it's set in modern times but they're obsessed with that culture of the 90s they use the slang of the 90s so it's a lot of fun in like a throwback in a way yeah and we grew up in that time so i love when movies show like that kind of style like place beyond the pines with all the windbreakers and the party trope is important because parties are so important to high schoolers it is like the ultimate social status event Going to like the big house party that weekend. So I think it, it has to be a driving force for most stories in the, in the high school world. And this movie, I think, is visually really well shot. I think it's a lot of fun. And I think I love the dynamic visual style. Yeah, um, Rachel Morrison did the cinematography on this movie. She does a, an incredible job. I love the aesthetic. Mm-hmm. And yeah, dope is great. It's, it's really just it's about <laughs> Malcolm's trying to get out of his neighborhood. You know, he wants to follow a path that he chooses. He, so he's doing really well in school. He's trying to get into Harvard. I think that's the school he's trying to get into and and just live the best life as possible. And also him and his friends are just the biggest nerds and dorks. So we have all the typical high school cliches of them getting bullied by the jocks and being treated differently because they get good grades and they like different types of TV shows and different kinds of music. So they get bullied for that. So it's just the, uh, the same exact story we've seen a, di- a bunch of different times, but a new take on it, which is a lot of fun. Exactly. Great movie. All right, moving on, we have... Lady Bird, which came out in 2017, directed by, written and directed by Greta Gerwig. In 2002, an artistically inclined 17-year-old girl comes of age in Sacramento, California. And this was a great standout debut feature by Greta. We actually just talked about it on our last Patreon episode when we talked about debut films from directors. And I think this movie has everything you want. It's charming. It's well-written. It's dramatic. It has great conflicts. And it's just a really sweet, endearing family drama as well. Yeah, we did an episode, a coming-of-age film, episode that involved Lady Birders, Lady Bird Moonlight and Call Me by Your Name. And we loved this film. The first time I saw it, I couldn't believe it. I thought it was sensational. It was an amazing debut from Greta Gerwig, starring Saoirse Ronan, Timothy Chalamet, Laurie Metcalf, Beanie Feldstein, Feldstein, and Lucas Hedges. And like you said, it's very funny. It's very relatable. I found it very relatable because, you know, we, we went to Catholic high school and we had similar experiences and then what's life supposed to be like after high school going into college and you start to rebel against your parents when you're getting towards the end of high school and you're moving on with life and you're maybe you have an over, overbearing parent like Lady Bird does, which is why she acts out in the way she does pretty much. And I just, I really enjoy this movie. It's it's a lot of fun. It takes on better, deeper themes than most High school movies, yeah. because you're tackling the theme of becoming an adult. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. So it definitely has uh, a great story to it, and it's very much based on Greta's life and her experiences. Like you could say, it's a memoir for her. I think she shot the high school that she shot. It was the high school that she went to in Sacramento, mm-hmm. and yeah. so it's, it's it's like a love letter to her past. You could say And her her evolution from adolescence to adulthood. Let's let's move on to the next film, which is Super Bad. Yes, in 2007, directed by Greg Mottola, and this was written by. Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg, two codependent high school seniors, are forced to deal with separation anxiety <laughs> after they plan to stage a boo soak party. Goes Ari, <laughs> array, array, Ari, Ari, array, array, Ari. I'm gonna cut this. I don't want. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We'll leave it. But this movie, we saw it in theaters, and we were—I think we were still in high school. Yeah, I was sixteen. Yeah, and it was just the funniest thing we had ever seen. We saw it with a bunch of friends. And we had a blast in the theater. We were, like, throwing popcorn. We were just being very obnoxious. But it was such a fun movie to see. Yeah, this might be one of the funniest movies I've ever seen in my life. And it still is. And we watch it every year, I feel like. And just the characters just going back and forth that Jonah Hill and Michael Cera play. They're just so funny. And then just so many iconic lines. And Fogel especially. But there's something about this movie that every single piece of dialogue every joke every line lands every situation works it's all funny it's all relatable in a way I mean we and then Seth Rogen shows up as the cop with uh, Bill, Hader. Bill Hader and the cast is stacked and it's it's so so much fun I mean this is Emma Stone before anyone knew who she is and now she's one of the biggest actresses on the planet earth and Jonah Hill is an Oscar Acad- Academy Award na- nominated actor as well so it's just a wild where's situation where's Michael Sarah at <laughs> he's still, he's still- Doing and, stuff. I mean, hey, Michael Cera had a pretty good career. If if he never acts again, he had a solid career. Yeah, he had a pretty good career. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. he's in. I'm just teasing. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Scott Pilgrim's great. Yeah, it's. Oh, yeah, it is great. But it, it's a great movie. You know, these two buds who are again, they're so dependent on each other. They have been for their entire high school career because you know they, they've been too afraid with social situations to tackle it on their own and to make other new friends. So they just stuck together the whole time. What I think really separates Superbad apart from everything else in terms of that genre is. Because of its rated R nature and because uh, Goldberg and Rogan were so, like, authentic to what teenage boys are like. Like, we're not Pete— Goldberg? G- yeah, Evan Goldberg, the writer. Oh, I thought you were talking about Michael no. Sorry. Um Sorry. Teenage boys, they're pretty, gr- like, brutal and they're pretty, like, graphic, vulgar. Vulgar, vulgar. And they just, like, it's very accurate to, like, what a lot of young kids are like, which they, you don't see, like, PG versions of kids— most of the time it's not accurate you know what I mean especially mm-hmm. kids who grew up with the internet you know we we see messed up stuff we talk about messed up stuff <laughs> and we swear a lot and you know the vulgarity is something that I had never seen in a teenage movie before absolutely yeah. never like you saw it on South Park or something yeah, like that but seeing other kids my age talking like that. I'm like, that's how I talk with my friends. Oh, Evan, Becca would never have been able to handle your four-inch cock without that gigantic (laughs) bottle of lube. Like so many lines like that. It's It's hysterical, but accurate. That's how teenage boys talk. Enjoy epic jewels. (laughs) Enjoy your last years in life. Enjoy your many years. (laughs) <laughs> it's ridiculous, so it's, that's what really set it apart for me. I was like wow, this is how like our friends talk And I'd never seen that before. And it's again the fantasy like if you've never been in the popular Crew and the cliques and been to the parties or anything like that. It's like school's almost out We got to finally get late for the first time <laughs> We have to finally go to our first high school party before the summer because now it's over. We don't have any time left. We have to finally talk to the girls that we've had crushes on for four freaking years. We have to finally break out of our comfort zone and do that. And plus they like showed, like, how important it is to have someone who can get alcohol for you. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's something you, you just show, see parties in high school movies, and they're just booze everywhere. But it's like, who got it? Yeah. So this movie shows that. Because it's isn't it's a pain in the butt to get alcohol if yeah. you're not of age. I wouldn't know. I swear. If you're under 21, you should not be drinking. Yeah, you definitely shouldn't be drinking. Yeah. But if you have, you understand. In all this hard. movie, it's in, hard. In yeah. the movie, it seems like it's hard to get. Yeah. <laughs> and just Fogel, <laughs> McLovin, it's so iconic yeah I love what, it what are, you, I love what are you Irish R&B singer <laughs> <laughs> why would it be between that and Muhammad <laughs> so many one liners man we still I love this movie today yeah. the first 30 minutes to the movie is absolute perfect I love the opening sequence yeah. too with the title credits and the yeah. dancing and everything yeah, it's, it's like making it's like uh, those old Apple Mac I mean iPhone commercials the dancing silhouettes oh yeah 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 it's so those fun. Were, those were cool commercials. Just I love the, the vibe of the movie. The music is great. It's like got a, a bunch of seventies music and yeah. hip and RB and stuff like that. It's great. Excellent, excellent. Movie. We've all seen it a bunch of times. Anyways, yeah. let's move on to Billy Madison, which came out in nineteen ninety five, directed by Tamara Davis, written by Adam Sandler, and Tim Herlihy, who I think has been like his co writer on a ton of his movies. Mm-hmm. And in order to inherit his fed up father's hotel empire, an immature and lazy man must repeat the grades one through twelve all over again, and go back to to school. Stay in school. Stay stay as long as you can. To prove to dad that I I am am not not a a fool. fool. Adam Sandler in the 90s was like Peak comedy, peak movie star. He was a superstar. He still is a, 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 still a legend. a superstar, yeah. But man, this guy in the 90s destroyed, like, with this and Happy Gilmore and movies like that because of these ridiculous characters and this, like, this is when he created or made popular, like, his baby man, his his guy that won't grow up, and he turned that into comedy gold with Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore and so many other countless characters, and it just works so well with Be- Billy Madison. I think this started out as an SNL character that he tried a couple of times yeah, in the show. Yeah, in, like, the high school scenes. Yeah, exactly, but... What he did with this movie was, like, he showed the world his humor, which a lot of people gravitated to. And Billy Madison is something that us and our brothers have—we used to watch it together all the time. Our, our, Our older brothers would show us this movie, and it was just hysterical. Like, watching Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore with them, because uh, we knew we were watching something we weren't supposed to be watching. Yeah. And the, our parents didn't know what, it was, what we, were we were watching. Because we were five when this came out. Yeah. <laughs> well, we didn't see it in theaters, but we would see it on DVD all the time. No, VHS. VHS, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, VHS. <laughs> but, like, I've, this, Billy Madison is a movie. It's probably up there for movies I've seen most in my life. Because the number of times we watched this in childhood. That's how messed up we are, guys. We watch Billy Madison, and Happy Gilmore over and over again. If pee in your pants is cool, consider me Miles, Miles Davis. Davis. <laughs> I didn't even understand that joke, but me I me still either. found it funny. Never comprehended. I never it. knew who Miles Davis was until I was like 18. I found out who he was. I'm like, oh, that makes sense now. A great jazz musician <laughs> was super cool. So now pee in your pants is cool. I get it. <laughs> but you still laugh because it yeah. is. But I mean Chris Farley's in it, um, Stu Bascemi's in it, just so many the penguin. Yeah. The <laughs> penguin. <laughs> <laughs> Veronica Vaughn. It's 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 a- snack packs. You're the greatest! The plot's pretty good, too. You know, because yeah. he's a spoiled brat, part of a super rich he, family. Yeah. He actually goes through transformation. Yeah, he has to try to, yeah, you could say immense transformation. Yeah. In the beginning of the film, he's the most immature douchebag you'd ever meet, but at the end of the film, he's like a good guy. I drew the duck blue because <laughs> i never seen a blue duck before. Miss Libby's car is blue. It's green. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Billy Nin- likes to drink soda. 1964. Those are ours. Rizuru <laughs> All right, let's move on. We're just gonna keep quoting yeah, this movie. This, it's, it's Billy Mads. It's iconic. No, no. But the best line I think in the entire movie is at the end when he's doing like the spelling bee competition against the the antagonist yeah. character, and the, after he gives that answer, the judge is like. I award you no points, and everyone in this room has been dumber by listening to what you just said. Something like, no, he's like, I award you no points, and may God God have have mercy mercy on your soul. soul. (laughs) And then Steve Buscemi with the hit list, doing the makeup and everything, (laughs) like he'll, like Bill. Billy calls calls him and apologizes, and then he crosses out his name on the hit list. (laughs) And then he saves him at the end. It's it's so good. He like nods to him. (laughs) They they nod (laughs) to each other. I'm glad I called that guy. (laughs) All right, we got to move on. But also, Chris Farley, let's go. He's still good in this movie. (laughs) Next up, we have Dazed and Confused, which came out in 1993, written and directed by Richard Linklater. The adventures of high school and junior high students on the last day of school in May 1976. School's out for. Summer! This is the movie that we watched, like, senior year last week. Like, your teachers are just like, what movies do you want to watch? We are going to be coasting for the next week. (laughs) (laughs) But this movie doesn't have a plot. But that's the whole point. It's just about the experience of high school is over for the seniors. And then for the younger kids, they're... Learning what what it's like to be cool, to hang out in the cool spots of the town, and to, you know, party. And that's it, the, the era it's set in It's so much fun. And there are some amazing actors in this. Ben Affleck's in it. Um, Matthew McConaughey, famously, this was his first role. All, all, right, right, all right, all right, all right. You know, I love them high school girls. I get older, <laughs> they stay the same age. Oh my God, so creepy. <laughs> He's probably like 26. <laughs> <laughs> he actually, a lot of this movie... R- Linclerer wrote it but a lot of it was improvised seems like it and they were just going day by day seeing how it go how it went and McConaughey's role wasn't even supposed to be that big initially but he just kept filming him yeah but i don't think a, a movie captures like the essence of high school maybe in a way like dazed and confused because it it gets everything right in terms well, not of high school but being that age that culture They're not really in high school well okay yeah but still you're but not all the characters some of the characters are still in high school you know no no i mean in the actual school is what i'm saying what do you mean like, they're not like in the school okay but i mean but like in the world yeah yeah. you know yeah. that's your life yeah, the, the social status yeah. and the social world of high school and especially like the hazing and stuff because that's what high schools were really like back in the day like they Hazing is still a thing and it's an issue and bullying's bad but like it was so much worse back in this yeah. time. I mean the hazing element where with the pa- the wooden paddles like our, like I'm sure many of your parents have stories of situations like that where you get the hazing the freshmen hit the hit the exactly. the seniors hit the freshmen when they leave. And I think the brilliant aspect to this movie is Linklater was like I had never seen a movie that just felt showed you what it was like to like be ha- like to just hang out because when when you're in high school when you're out of school like who am I hanging out with today you're going to their house and then going to their house and then going to the to the football field or like going to the park like you, you're bouncing just, around yeah. to people's different people's houses riding around in cars you know doing stuff that is illegal <laughs> it's Not illegal to smoke a, a J nowadays well they're drinking in this Very right, true yeah. underage drinking yeah, is bad yeah, to guys yeah. you shouldn't do it but they're doing stuff in this movie and you know i think that he really captured the essence of like what it's like to be that age to be away from your parents and to experience other people and this is a new time period in america in the world where everyone's letting loose and relaxing styles are changing drastically in you know everyone's everyone's Smoking bones everywhere. That's what they used to call it back in the day. And it's just its just a good time. Yeah. But the weakness to this film is the lead actor isn't that great. That kid, he is a terrible actor. <laughs> I don't know what his name is, but he ruins that. Every scene he's in, he he stands out as being the only bad actor in the movie. He looks like he always forgets his line. He right always, you know his... what he always does? He always goes like scrunches his face like yeah. oh and he like rubs his nose yeah. like 50 times in the movie sorry, sorry bro he's probably like a patron he's a like fan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's definitely not a patron but link later i mean he had no money so he had to cast whoever he could get you know <laughs> yeah. he, mila yovovich is in this movie too yeah, yeah, yeah. very early role yeah. for her um all right let's move on to the next one let's go we have 10 things i hate about you this was released in 1999 directed by Gil, I didn't write their last name <laughs> <laughs> Just directed by Justice Just Gill. Gil. Just Gil. <laughs> Sorry Gil um, <laughs> Another patron <laughs> Written by Karen McCullough and Kristen Smith Based on the play The Taming of the Shrew By William Shakespeare A pretty popular teenager can't go out on a date Until her ill-temper- till ill-tempered Older sister does The stars Heath Ledger, Julia Stiles Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Laria Olenek Dave Krumholtz and Gabrielle Union Man, this cast is great Really and is. it's it's such a good movie. It's really fun, really sweet. And it's all, always very sad to watch nowadays because of Heath Ledger's passing, but it's great to see him in this role. It's he's the only romantic comedy he did. And you can just see Well actually no, the um the the night one, A night's Tale. A night's Tale that's a romantic comedy too. You could say. He anyway, Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. And he had but He's um, more of like a Casanova character. Yeah, but he, he's funny in it though. Yeah, that's what I mean. But he has a talent that, Let me get to what I'm saying. <laughs> 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 he had such a talent of oh, this massive range where he could do anything, romance, comedy, drama, psychopath, like drug addict, everything. And he, he had no limits in his acting. Yeah, and the thing with Heath Ledger is I think he kind of flipped the stereotypical lead Man of these high school movies on its head, and we don't have like the typical jock being the lead love interest of the, of the female protagonist. And now it's like this really interesting, rebellious, like artsy guy who's just a lot of fun and super outgoing. Yeah, and Julia Stiles is great as well in this, and they ha- they have a lot of excellent chemistry in this movie. They're, they're yeah. fantastic. This is one of my favorite high school movies, and it's just really relatable, and it's also very simple at the same time, but also you know the that trope of trying to get the unpopular girl to be popular in a way which we've seen a few times that kind of happens in this film because he's he he takes a bet that he can't get her to go to prom with him yeah yeah so but the character like he makes a mistake and he, they, he transforms because of it. The paintball date is super yeah, cute. That's a very like cute date. That seems like a cute date, yeah. but also at the same time, I feel like if I went on a paintball date, it might end up bad. Like something, I feel like paintball. You might are... take it too seriously. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> You'd you charge like, I got yeah, no, 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 no. Headshot, I, headshot, headshot. Because no, I've been paintballing and I got hit in the head. It does not feel good. Yeah, it's not fun. Not when you get hit you in the head. You have to go with someone, a girl who likes to do it. Then it's fine. You know what I mean but like a character it, like it, her yeah it's hard to like introduce someone new to paintballing you want to go on a first date we're gonna go paintball yeah, and demolition derby and <laughs> you can walk out covered in bruises <laughs> awful terrible time and JGL is so so young in this movie it's crazy yeah it's one of the best parts too because yeah. he's he's there's basically like a few main characters you could say Julia Styles is probably the main She's one, the lead but um everyone has a lot of screen time that's yeah. what's cool about it it's yeah. a lot of fun mm mm-hmm. All right, do you want to go into our intermission before we continue? I would love to. All right, before we go into intermission though, we have an awesome new sponsor we want to tell you guys about. Take Our new sponsor is Arc Studio. Now, this is the most efficient, streamlined, and elegant screenwriting software on the market. They have a new deal with us. Use our link, which we will attach on our bio and in the link of this YouTube video. Follow our link to Arc Studio and you'll get $30 off your membership with Arc Studio. Now, Arc Studio provides users with a perfect formatting experience when writing a script. They have an amazing feature, which is called the plot board, and it's a way of organizing your scenes, your plots, and your acts like flashcards digitally. And you can like drag and drop them around. It makes organizing your timeline in the story. Super easy and efficient. There are two versions of Arc Studio. There's the free version, which has just the basic features like you can write and save stuff and export as a PDF. But the premium version costs only $99 for the entire year. But take $30 off with our special link. And that is a huge deal. It has every kind of perk you need for writing, including apps for your desktop and phone, online collaboration with co-writers. So it's like Google Docs. You can write across the world with someone. It has super helpful outlining tools. Revisionist management and links to feedback so you can actually get feedback on your writing. The premium version again costs $99, $99 per year, but take our link and it'll get $30 off. So it will only be $69 for the entire year. Again, head on over to Arc Studio using our special Raiders of the Lost podcast link to get that special deal. All right, and if you're watching on YouTube or on social media, you may have noticed that Anthony and I have some new laptops on our desks, courtesy of LG. These are the 17-inch. LG gram ultra lightweight laptops. The cool thing about these laptops is their 16:10 aspect ratio versus the usual 16:9 which means more vertical space which is great for work and editing and everything like that. Not to mention these are shockingly light. It would blow your mind holding this up. It feels like a piece of cardboard. We'll put our links in our YouTube bio for the LG gram 16-inch and 17-inch models. Thank you LG gram and LG for the laptops and for sponsoring the show for the rest of the year. All right, let's go into our intermission. Let's go. And we'll begin with our movie quote competition. I'll go first. What do you got? Boys, you, just strive to find your own voice because the longer you wait to begin, the less likely you are to find it at all. I'm going to guess Dead Poet Society. Yes, sir. Nice. It's uh, Mr. Keating. Keating. And then um, I have was one. Was that a fan one? No, that was for me. And this one's from Nicholas Brown, a fan. One day, some of the kids from the neighborhood carry my mother's groceries all the way home. You know why? It was out of respect. We all know. Good fellas. Let's go. Henry Henry Hill. Hill. Classic. Great choice, Nicholas. Great line. Great line. All right, here's mine. I have a drinking problem? F you, Peck. You're a Mormon. Compared to you, we all have a drinking problem. Oh, what is this? Say it one more time. I have a drinking problem. F you, Peck. You're a Mormon. Compared to you, we all have a drinking problem. I can't remember. Osborne Cox. Oh, burn after reading. Burn after reading. John Malkovich. Damn, yeah. that's a that's a good obscure quote, man. Yeah. Nice job. It's the it might be the best quote in the movie. That's yeah. such a funny line. That's when uh he, they're He's, in the office at the yeah. CIA, right? Yeah, yeah, they're firing him. That is a classic. Yeah. The, guys, that's an awesome. They weren't firing; they're were demoting him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, let's move on. No, to, they fired him. No, they were demoting him, didn't they? Yeah, they fired him. Well, from his position, yeah. Anyways, let's move on. <laughs> Guess this movie release year. 13. The, the poker one? No, the movie 13 about the thirteen year old girls. Ever and Rachel Wood. Oh oh that one. With um Rosario Dawson. Um I'm gonna go with nineteen ninety eight, two thousand three. Is or Dawson in that movie? 2003 was in my head. It oh, clearly man. was not outside of your head. Oh, my God. <clears throat> All right. This movie release year, Raising Arizona. 19, no, 2002. Uh-huh. Do you know, it's um the Nicolas Cage movie. Oh, With yeah, the yeah. Coen brothers. Gotcha. Russia. So do another guess. 19, <laughs> 1997. 1987. 1987. I was way off. <laughs> that was not the worst on the, of all time. That was pretty bad. It's pretty bad. 10, ten years off is, is it's bad. Everyone listening is like, have you ever seen a movie? <laughs> 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 all right, quiz. Movie pop quiz time. How much energy... Does Marty McFly require to power the DeLorean to get back to the future? Oh, man. You guys are going to hate me. 88 miles per hour? Well, yeah. That's the speed. Yeah. Nice, nice. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I'm right. Yes. Yeah, but he needs 1.21 gigawatts of power. I wouldn't have gotten that. And needs to travel 88 miles per hour. I, I wouldn't have gotten the gigawatts. To initiate time travel. Oh, I got it. (laughs) <laughs> For the car. So that's what the, the car requires, both of those. So he needs the 1.21 gigawatts. I'm lost. In addition I to... You, I don't know. So he has to also drive the DeLorean <laughs> 88 miles per hour. Okay. Got it? No. Cool. Your turn. <laughs> okay. Jake Hall starred in the movie Bubble Boy. And... This was not the first movie in which a character lived in a bubble. So there's a movie, this was basically based off of this movie. It came out in the 70s called The Boy in the Plastic Bubble, and it starred a major Hollywood star. Do you know who it was? It was their first big movie, The Boy in the Plastic Bubble. Yeah. Big time star. <clears throat> big time? Yeah. But it's not like it's not just him in like a bubble suit. Like he has like a home that's pro- that's properly built for him. To like not have to step outside i'm gonna just take a guess jack nicholson john travolta oh yeah gotcha i don't think i've seen that movie we've i've seen it have i we seen it kids i think we watched it with mom when we were kids i remember Maybe. it yeah Maybe. i don't know when remember. i saw when i saw photos of it i was like oh yeah i remember that movie i'll look it up later yeah <clears throat> all right let's move on to biggest hater of the week this one was on a clip that we posted on arrival and uh oh what, what the clip was about was explaining how time travel works in that film how people hate when you explain stuff yeah how it's it's in a circle basically because of that's how when um the character played by amy adams understands and learns the language of the alien she's able to experience time in a circle basically constantly rather than, than than humans experience time experiencing time linear going forwards and someone wrote wow listen to this genius humans travel in time and it goes linear wow it's like, bro. I'm explaining oh time travel versus humans for aliens in the film. Relax. We you really ruined that guy's day. I really did. How dare you? He probably thought he ruined our day, but instead, I just laughed at him. But no, I, I hope he felt my high and mighty after that comment. He probably did. He, he impressed me. Yeah, man. Relax, guy. <laughs> All right. Here, here's uh, we got a couple of uh, fan haters. All right. So, Trevor Feller commented on YouTube tried listening to this episode on Spotify, but it played The Mummy and National Treasure one for some reason. (laughs) Unsubscribe! (laughs) Yeah, that was my bad, everyone. Yeah, the uh, episode for The Mummy accidentally posted in our Planet of the Apes Spotify iTunes Well, you don't have to say it like that. You're giving me a cop-out. It didn't accidentally post it. I accidentally uploaded the wrong audio. Well, I was... (laughs) you're you're being nice people make mistakes yeah exactly so it's okay i I accept full responsibility i that's a great job taking accountability i accidentally uploaded the wrong episode and we have been in talks about firing james from the show so we'll we'll discuss it further (laughs) (laughs) it'd be nothing without me and then joe powell said clicked on this episode expecting a planet of the apes review but instead got an amazing podcast from two legends unsubscribed (laughs) (laughs) thanks joe that's really nice all right, let's um, move. Uh, move. And then uh, John Hoover left us a really great comment, um, saying that he loves the show. He's been listening religiously since March. So, John, we really appreciate the the uh, passionate fanfare here. We we love you. All right, best supporters of the week. In addition to those two, we have Darren exxo This is a five star review. Keep it up. I generally love listening to this podcast YouTube video. My must watch list has grown to new lengths. <laughs> I studied film and video production in school, and sadly lost the love of just talking about good movies because it felt Felt very uppity. As you may have experienced, some people like to gatekeep film reviewing and come off pretentious. This has truly revived my love for watching movies and chatting about them. A breath of fresh air you two are unsubscribed. (laughs) That's really, uh, that's amazing. That's the whole point of the show. We want you to all make it, make it feel like you're all here talking with us and have a good time lifting film up rather than tearing it down. Positively. Yes, let's go. Although we will bash, we did bash Spider-Man 3 last week. Anyways, (laughs) maybe I got, and this one's from Con Whitey favorite podcast maybe I caught today's episode too early because I think you guys accidentally used the audio from National Treasure episode (laughs) and put it on today's new one for the Apes trilogy hmm first mistake I've caught unsubscribe (laughs) JK love the content keep it coming (laughs) everyone got us we got like 30 DMs all of our fans like you all DM'd us and like let us know like I was at the gym and I was getting ready for work and we were getting DMs from people and and then I called James I was like Hey, what's up with the audio? <laughs> Man, what a, what a morning. So thanks to you guys, we fixed it so quickly. Yeah. So thank you for keeping in, keeping us in the loop. Because yep. otherwise it would have been like four hours. Yeah, and I'm probably going to have to polish up my resume later tonight. <laughs> on this day in film history, September 13th, Scooby-Doo Where Are You debuts in 1969 on television. Slumdog Millionaire premiered in 2008, and that was um, the Best Picture winner. And it's Tyler Perry's birthday. Happy, happy birthday. Happy birthday, Tyler Perry. Medea. The guys, very, very business savvy man. Oh, he's he's, he's such a great uh, entrepreneur, you could say, but in filmmaking, just having his own production company, and he's just made, he's such a success story, like, big time. He went from homeless to he owns the biggest studio lot in the world. It's, it's incredible what yeah. that guy's accomplished. Love him so yeah. much. Um, he's awesome in Gone Girl. Anyways, my streaming recommendation is on Amazon Prime, and it is Moneyball, starring Brad Pitt. Nice, Fantastic movie. Nice pick. Nice pick. Mine is also on Amazon Prime, and it is The Taking of Pelham 123, the remake, which was made by Tony Scott, and it stars Denzel and Travolta, and it's not a perfect movie, but it's just a good time. It's fun. Yeah. This is a, no, I, this is a, it's good, a movie. good movie. It's yeah. a good time, it's man. F- yeah. It's the same thing as Unstoppable. It's like, all right, let's go. Denzel, action movie. Travolta's the bad guy. Why not? Let's go. It, Dude, it, it kills. Yeah. It's a good time. Maybe I'll watch it tonight. It's a great like Friday night flick. Yeah. Doesn't take itself too seriously. Denzel is great as awesome, as always, and Travolta plays a great villain. All right, now, let's get back into the episode. Let's go. Let's do it. Next up on our list is The Breakfast Club, which came out in 1985, directed by John Hughes. Five high school students meet in Saturday detention and and discover how they have a lot more in common than they thought, starring Emilio Estevez, John Nelson, Ali Sheedy, and Molly Ringwald. And you could say, this is probably, I would say, the most beloved high school movie of all time. I think this could be the top of people's list most generally and it is for good reason i mean it has iconic characters you know an iconic story and you know i think that in the 80s this defined young cinema yeah, Emilio! Emilio! The Mighty Duckling Man! And it works so well because we have all these kids in detention all together, but when John Hughes did so brilliantly when writing the story and writing the characters, he kind of plucked one person from every click and put them all in the same room together to see how they'd interact. It's almost like a it's like a science experiment almost, like a social experiment to see how would they get along in this situation, because, you know, the jock is with the rebellious kid and they don't like each other, and then we have the, like the non-popular people and the less popular people, they're all together at the same time. Time it's super interesting. It's a great way of putting it. The, the clicks and yeah. and they kind of you know come together at the end and they're they're all friends at the end mm-hmm. and it's like will it continue after this after detention and unfortunately no real detention was ever as cool as this detention yeah <laughs> detention's so boring yeah. it sucks and, like, and the teacher's always there in detention whereas this one he's always leaving in and out it's like come on it's the <laughs> no is it the same guy who's he's not another team movie no but it's not, is it the same guy yeah I thought it was the guy That's from, why they cast him I thought it was the guy from Ferris Bueller am I wrong no you're right yeah. You're right. No, oh, he's yeah, not in Ferris right. Bueller. Oh, man. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, Breakfast Club's great. Everyone, like, if when you bring up high school movies, this is, like, on everyone's top five list, probably. Yeah. Next up, we have School of Rock, which came out in 2003, directed by Richard Linklater, second time on this list, written by Mike White. After being kicked out of his rock band, Dewey Finn becomes the substitute teacher of an uptight elementary private school, only to learn that his class, only to turn his class into a rock band. This movie put Jack Black on the map as a superstar. Absolutely, I love this movie. It's so fun, it's super entertaining. We have a bunch of great music, a bunch of talented kids, and Jack Black just showing off all of his best traits in terms of humor, and then being a musician because he's a tremendous singer and guitarist. And so it's just a lot of fun, but also this character of Dewey Finn in real life is like a PO, like how could you do that and get away with it? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. Like he ruined these kids' semester, <laughs> but he also taught them to like not take life so seriously. That a bunch of them have strict parents, and he helps them open up in a lot of ways and really get through them, unlike any other teacher could before. Yeah, and again, it's just a really good time, and you know, you know that he's bringing all these kids together. He's he's showing them to embrace their true strengths. That they are, that they have artistically, even whether if they, they aren't musicians. Even yeah, but he's he's building them. Like whether it's the drummer or the the lead singer who's afraid to sing, he's giving her the strength to sing. And the he's trying to figure out what each person or each kid's best at and giving them those jobs for this touring rock band that he's creating. And they, it's it's just a lot. Of, it's a good time. Yeah, I really love this movie. We saw it a lot when we were younger because it was so great. And I think Jack Black. He is a really unique movie star where, you know, he just looks like an everyman, you know? You feel like you know that guy. He's not like some chiseled superstar, Hollywood hunk, you know what I mean? He's just, you know, a normal guy. He's pretty uh, hunky to me. (laughs) (laughs) And like you said, he's so talented musically and with comedy and combining those two elements together is just genius i love him yeah he's great he's aw- his TikTok he's is like funny. insane yeah. like the like the production quality of his yeah. TikTok is absurd i don't know who his editor is but i think man, it's his son it might be because his son is in half of them and his son looks like he's a teenager so i think they do them together but man he, he's off the chain on TikTok. like yeah. the effects and everything he does are wild yeah he's like will smith yeah he's just having a he just has a good time he seems like if you like wanted to hang out with a, a oh celebrity yeah, or actor yeah jack black's got to be one of them yeah. he's just such a cool dude yeah 100%. Next up, we have American Pie. This came out in 1999, directed by Paul and Chris Weitz, written by Adam Hertz. Four teenage boys enter a pact to lose their virginity by a prom. This stars Jason Biggs, Chris Klein, Thomas Ian Nicholas, Allison Hannigan, Shannon Elizabeth, Sean William Scott, Eugene Levy, Natasha Leone, and Tara Reid. Lots of stars in this movie. Big time cast. These movies, when the American Pie movies were coming out, they were gigantic. Everyone went to see these, and everyone like like for I think for me when these movies were coming out, like this was like the coolest movie. You know what I mean? When the American Pie two and then American Pie three, we saw them all. American Wedding, right? Yeah. An American Wedding, yeah. It's so much fun, and but also there is heart to them. And Jason Biggs' character, I think it he like really ties the whole story together. Yeah, because you can really relate to him, and you feel like. Oh, I'm just like that guy sometimes. Yeah, but like this is like what is so? It's like to be a teenager, just four dudes, just like trying to lose their virginity. Yeah. <laughs> it's like all that's all they think and about. Like I, I, and a lot of people, a lot of movies don't show like it's a really pressure thing. Like if it's like I remember it's terrifying. I remember when I was in high school, I was terrified of being like, what if I'm the only guy that's never had sex before in high school, and everyone knows it, and they all make fun of me for it? Like I had the same sense of feeling of like being like an outcast because of it. So that's yeah, what I definitely this movie related this, to. Yeah, it. and this movie captures it perfectly. But the 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 plot is great, and the the characters are so funny, and it's a great time, and we have these four best friends, and then obviously we have Stifler. He's an iconic character. <laughs> Stifler's mom, Shannon Elizabeth, the foreign exchange student that Jason Biggs' character is obsessed is in love with, really, and it's just Eugene Levy is the father, and. The pie scene, <laughs> band camp, it's everything is so funny. The online chat, yeah, with the video cam. Oh my god, it's it's so cringy! <laughs> Everyone, too. and everyone's watching it, and he keeps doing it early. That's why it's, they captured it so well with everything goes wrong with this kid yeah. until it goes right, exactly. Because it's really about like you shouldn't feel pressured to try to have sex and lose your virginity just to be cool or, or yeah. not, or like get out of that. You should just wait until you find the right person for it to be more meaningful, yeah. And, and he, he. Eventually, when he finds a connection with someone, then that's what matters. Yeah, exactly. And that pie, man. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite shots in comedy in films of all time Demociting. is them just looking at the pie. He's like, well, just tell your mother we ate it. <laughs> <laughs> like the shame. Oh, my God. That's so funny. Jeez. Who, who, like Adam Hertz who wrote this. That's It's such a ridiculous thing. It's so funny. <laughs> but yeah, American Pie is great. But in the capture parties really well and in like school and SATs and college. Yeah, everyone's great. Everyone's good in that. Oh, man. Next up. Next up, we have Bring It On, which came out in 2000, directed by Peyton Reed, who actually has been making the Ant-Man films and written by Jessica Benninger. A champion high high school cheerleading squad discovers its previous captain stole all of their best routines from from an inner city school and must scramble to compete at this year's championships. Yeah, I used to always just make fun of cheerleader culture, but I saw this movie. I like this movie a lot. It's, it's great. It's movie. really it's a great yeah. high school movie, but also the cheerleading elements, the athleticism that's involved with it, it gave, made me get like such an appreciation for it as a sport. Oh yeah, and this made Kirsten Dunst a star before uh, before Spider Man. She was a big name because of this movie. Uh, Elijah Dushku. great great cast, and it's super funny. It's super heartwarming. And I think it's definitely one of the most underrated high school movies. Yeah, and what I love is they capture like the competing nature of schools, even though they're in the same cities or in the same areas the same counties mm. they're constantly competing and they have the competitions at the end and everything that's something i never knew existed like the competition aspect of uh, high school cheerleaders oh cheerleading is yeah. insane like they have the the national championships it's huge it's mm-hmm. like espn and stuff like that yeah. so cheerleading is a huge community and a huge culture and it was it's just great to explore that because i know nothing about cheerleading it, and it put cheerleading in a different light you know what i mean in terms of people's opinions of it i think for the average person it made it cooler yeah exactly and I, it's a good movie It's a good time. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to Friday Night Lights, 2004, directed by Berg. Peter uh, Berg. Peter Berg. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) I'm definitely getting getting fired tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Directed by Berg. (laughs) Peter Berg, written by – he's a very good director. He's made, like, the last, like, seven Mark Wahlberg movies. Written by David Aaron Cohen and – in Berg. <laughs> <laughs> and he even sent Peter down here and you still didn't... <laughs> no, I said that was a joke. Oh, okay. Okay, I get it. Sure it was. Jeez. Trying some... try to save yourself? Lighten up, bro. Trying to save yourself? Come on, bro. Based on the book by Buzz Bissinger. Is that a real name? <laughs> apparently. It's probably his nickname. Um, oh, gotcha. H.G. Bissinger's book, which profiled the economically depressed town of Odessa, Texas in their heroic high school football team, the Permian High Panthers. I really like this movie. When it comes to high school football movies, this is probably the best one. And they turned into that TV show which lasted a long time. I think it still might be on. I'm not it's the sure. second best one. And um sec- for high school football? Yeah. Are you gonna what's the best one? We uh the Titans. Oh, remember the Titans my, is sick. Titans. Yeah, you're right. Okay. We'll get to the Titans in a little bit. Yeah. Um but this movie, I think it captured how important football is to Texans. We grew up in in Massachusetts, and that we love the Patriots. But you know, baseball is big in Massachusetts and New England. Um, basketball is pretty popular. Hockey, hockey is very popular. But but in Texas, in a lot of other southern states, uh, football is like a religion for a lot of people. And people root for their high school teams that in their towns for the, for their entire lives. You know, what I mean, they go still go to the games and they still root for them. It's like supporting your favorite um, professional team. So they take it very seriously. So football is a really big deal in these areas, and I think they capture that. And that's why so many athletes and so many football players come from the south and these southern states, like Louisiana, Texas, uh, Florida. And so because... the best of the best play there. The talent there is intense, and it follows this team that is one of the best in the nation. You know, they end up going to the national championships, and they lose at the end of the film. Right. Spoilers. But um, (laughs) I've seen this movie. But in terms of... Focusing on the characters, I think they do such a great job and especially um uh what's his name? Bubby Bubby mm. Booby. The running back's name. Derek Luke's character. Yeah, what's his name? I it's can't like remember. Bubba or something like something that. Something like that. Um how he has that horrific injury and his career is basically doomed because he was destined to be an NFL star probably and, and then the quarterback he wasn't doing schoolwork and he was just expecting I'm gonna play in the NFL. Yeah, but then we have the situation with the coach Juice uh shoot oh, wait, no, that's that's Varsity Blues. Never mind. <laughs> But he had an injury that he was neglecting medical attention for because his uncle was pushing him to keep going. So was not the coach and everything. And he, he also believed that he was he had God-given ability and couldn't get hurt. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even though he did have God-given ability, you still have to take care of your body. But yeah. that's just one character of, of a bunch of great ones. And, I mean, the wide receiver. No, no, the tight end with his father, the back yeah. and forth. Because who's the country star that plays the father in that movie? I can't remember who it is. But it's – um. The kid remember. from Tron Legacy, uh, Garrett Hedlund, he's the he's the tight end in the movie. Yeah. But I really enjoy this movie. Billy Bob Thornton does a great job as the head coach. He's of the an team. awesome coach. Yeah, and yeah, it's just there's a, good... a reason why they turned it into a TV show. Yeah, it's you very know? successful, yeah. very popular. And then, I think the superior football film is Remember the Titans. It's pretty great, which right. is uh, I think one of Disney's best movies that they've made yeah. in the last twenty years. It's so good. Denzel is sensational as the coach and the team. I, I love this movie. The The culture change in this time in america in the 60s with the racial divide and this movie really showed how bringing people together can change the world you know these these black football players and these white football players want nothing to do with each other at first and then by the end of the film they're brothers you know brothers in in war and before that yeah yeah before that halfway through the movie after training camp so i think this movie is a really excellent Excellent underrated sports movie and one of my favorite parts of the movie has to be you know when they're going to training camp and you know The white students and the black students they have to go together and they're they're going to school together now And a lot of the parents are upset about it from because of the time that they're living in again And then the training ha- the training camp, all the kids all the players they go through all the same turmoils the same difficulties it's basically Denzel's character as the coach beats into them that they're all the same deep down and they have to come together to fight together to to be brothers and be a team and that's the only way they'll accomplish their goals. And it's incredible. Denzel, it's one of his best performances for sure. It's an iconic movie. Yeah, 100%. And then one more high school movie we'll talk about is Varsity Blues. For football. Yeah, for football. I'm sorry. One more football. <laughs> high school <laughs> We're football. We're not done yet, guys. Varsity Blues 1999, directed by Brian Robbins, written by W. Peter Illiff. A backup quarterback is chosen to lead a Texas football team to victory after the star quarterback is injured. The star's James Vanderbeek as Mox, who <laughs> takes over the quarterback job for Paul Walker, mm. who tears his ACL or something yeah. like that. And it also stars John Voight as the head coach. And this one's, I think this is a fun movie. I have a good time watching this every time. And what I think this movie has, which others don't, is the uh, dangerous coach. You know, the coach who's basically kind of like forcing these players to play especially the the lineman who keeps getting concussions mm-hmm. so i think that you know most coaches are awesome they are volunteers and they're really helping these young kids uh form form into their adulthood years and and being a coach is a, is a great thing but sometimes, every once in a while, there are coaches that take things a little too far and a little too seriously. And John Voight's that kind of coach in this movie. Yeah, and the football team—this is like the biggest thing in town. Everyone, there's billboards of the players. Like yeah. the quarterback, Mox has a billboard of him after Ball Walker goes down in Texas. It. And this is the movie where Paul Walker's character is getting juiced up to have him stay on the field. And you know, it's it's that line that the the coach constantly crosses because even the scenes with the coach and the other people in town—they all. They're all, like, subordinates to him in a way, hierarchically, yeah. socially. Yeah. They just want the team to win. But, yeah, yeah, this movie does a great job with that stuff. The partying stuff is a lot of fun, and mm-hmm. the wild wide receiver, and, uh, uh, like you said, the lineman, was named Billy Billy Bob or something like yeah, that, yeah, yeah. with the pig yeah, and everything. Bob, it's, yeah. it's a good time. Yeah, it's, it's a fun, fun movie, yeah. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Let's get out of, out of football. Yeah. We got all the football all the way. Let's move on to Perks of Being a Wallflower, which came out in 2012, written and directed by... Stephen Chbosky, based on his own book. An introvert freshman is taken under the wings of two seniors who welcome him to the real world, starring Logan Lerman, Emma Watson, and the breakout role for Ezra Miller. This movie is really sweet, really endearing. It's a lot of fun. Um, I think the characters are amazing, and the story ultimately is really great. And Logan plays a character we haven't really seen before. Yes, he's an outsider, but his character is extremely sensitive, and has you know difficulties with his emotions and so that's something that we hadn't seen before on film yeah and his his goal in throughout the course of this film is to finally try and make friends he's been on his own as a loner in high school for so long you can probably assume he was like that in middle school too and he's trying to push himself out of his comfort zone you know like the first time he really does that is when he steps onto that dance floor for the for the first the dance floor for the first time and he dances with emma watson and ezra miller's character and they show him basically like this is what fun looks like and he also wants to be a writer and so he's start becoming a part of this island of misfit toys and i love paul red as the teacher he's such a such a heartwarming character in the film and like you you all We all probably have had teachers like Paul Rudd in this movie. Just good guy. Yeah, he's he's just trying. He's wishing the best for him. He's like his only friend up to a point. He's (laughs) like, that's kind of sad. But um, this movie was important for Emma Watson, too. I think this movie was like, oh, she's not Hermione anymore. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And um, there's a ton of great lines. And the voiceover really works while he's like basically writing at the same time of, of his story. And I think the most iconic line in the film, which a lot of people still quote, is, we accept the love... We think we deserve. You know, there's there's a bunch of great quotes like that. Yeah. Yeah. Really moving movie. All right. We have like five left. But before we do, let's talk about. adolescence, puberty, you know things are starting to change. So it's time to groom yourself up. Head on over to manscaped.com and get the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer using our coupon code Raiders of the Lost at checkout for 20% off and free shipping. This brand new groomer, it's waterproof, has a 7,000 RPM wireless charger built in light you can use in the shower, it's amazing. Fellas, get on manscaped.com. Everyone listening, if you need a gift for the man in your life, um, uh, anniversary, birthday, you don't know what to get him. You know, he's Memorial got- Memorial Day. He's got plenty of <laughs> basketball shorts and socks. <laughs> I don't know, what guys? What do guys wear? You're a guy, tell yeah. me. I wear I wear basketball shorts. I'm wearing <laughs> basketball shorts right now. So, <laughs> so this would be a great gift for me. Also, their performance package 4.0 is great. It's a bundle of different products. So head on over to manscaped.com. Use our coupon code Raiders of the Lost at Checkout for 20% off and free shipping. And then I got to tell you all about our other amazing sponsor. Do you love movie posters? Well, there's no better place to get posters online than at movieposters.com and use our special promo code Raiders, 15 off to get 15% off your order today. MoviePosters.com has a huge selection of posters. Pretty much every movie imaginable, as well as all sorts of sizes, framing, backlighting. MoviePosters has it all. Check out our set on YouTube. You will see these posters, and they are sensational. Super high quality. The printing is amazing. Don't go to Amazon because it'll be free shipping, but it's not a good quality print. The print job is what matters. MoviePosters.com has that quality. Again... Go to MoviePosters.com for your poster needs and use our special promo code RAIDERS15OFF to get 15% off your order today. Now let's move on to the next film, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. All right. Released in 1982, directed by Amy Heckerling, written by Cameron Crowe, who also wrote the book, and the story of how he wrote the book is insane. Did you know that Cameron Crowe, when he was 22, spent a year undercover as a senior in at Claremont High School in San Diego chronicling the experiences of his classmates. What? That's how he wrote this book. So what he did was- Is that illegal? He got the idea of posing as a student and he he sensed an opportunity obviously, so he approached the principal at Ridgemont and him and the principal arranged for his inconspicuous presence for the entire year at high, at that high school Wow! as a 22 year old. That's crazy. So that's pretty wild. He must have looked at That younger. wouldn't happen now. That's that's really unsafe. Yeah. I can't believe that they did that. The 80s were a different time, man. Dude, the, the world hasn't changed that much, Well, really. he it was in the 70s, probably, because the film came out in 82. Yeah, so the 70s were, for sure, a yeah. different time. You talk to your parents. But, man, that's pretty freaking wild that he really did that. That's insane. And Cameron Crowe, he's been a really great director and writer. He made Almost Famous and a few other awesome movies. and But this movie, I think, is his standout because it's so much fun. You know, it's really entertaining. You got Sean Penn's breakout movie role as Spicoli, who is one of my favorite movie characters. He's so much fun. And again, we could tackle all the usual themes. Um, but I, what I like about this movie is how much time we spend at the mall. Because when you're, when you're in high school, you're not an adult. You can't go out drinking. You, keep, you probably don't have a car. There's not much you can do for fun. So you go to the mall and hang out with your friends. But also this time at, in the world with the 80s, there's no like you don't really have video games at home you don't have a bunch of things to watch on TV like we do today there's obviously TV but not like like we have yeah so like you just go out and socialize yeah whereas now people socialize on the internet Mm. but back then you had to obviously go in person and yeah the mall was the hot spot because you'd either go to the mall to hang out to shop to get food at the cafeterias or one of the other shops but also a lot of people work at the mall so in this town like there are several people a couple of main characters who actually work at the mall mm-hmm. and you know we have the the themes of rock and roll which is awesome a ton of great music in this movie drugs uh sex and trying to lose your virginity and i think this has the same issue with. Um, uh, Days and Confused, where the lead character isn't that great. Yeah. And he's not really that interesting in this movie. Jennifer Jason Lee is the best actor in the movie. Yeah. And she's uh, she's just a supporting character. But there's also, there's I think there's two Oscar winners. So she's an Oscar nominee. Mm-hmm. Forrest Whitaker's in this movie. He's yep. an Oscar winner. He's the one who owns the car that they wreck. Sean Penn is an Oscar winner. He's in this movie. I think there is there another one. There might be. But there, yeah, so there's two Oscar winners plus Jennifer Jason Lee's an Oscar nominee. Yeah. Great cast. It's an awesome movie. It's so much fun. We quote Spicoli all the time. Yeah. My dad, dad my old man's got a righteous, righteous set of tools. I can fix it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good time, but again, I think if it had a better lead character, it'd be a better movie, but still it's a classic high school film. Yeah, love it. Next up we have Dead Poet Society which came out in 1998 directed by the great Peter Ware, written by Tom Schulman, based on the book. No, it's all there's actually a book based on the movie okay, by Nancy so Kleinbaum. Okay, so okay. Thank you for clearing that up. I was confused by that line. Well, the line says, actually, a book based on the movie. So, I mean, if you read it properly, it would have sounded normal. Anyways, Maverick (laughs) teacher John Keating uses his poetry to embolden his boring school students to new heights of self-expression. We actually covered Dead Poets Society in one of our Patreon episodes. It's a full episode on Patreon. And this movie is really wonderful. And it's one of Robin Williams' greatest roles. Uh, I think that when people look back on Robin Williams, this is always top of the list for him this and goodwill hunting and a few others but john keating is a great character and i really adore this movie yeah of all the movies on this list some of them do challenge you but this one challenges you the most you know this concept of trying to live the life that you want to live rather than the ones that either your parents are telling you to or society or your school's telling you to live your superiors and just being true to yourself and and enjoying life and not just constantly working all the time and if you can find something that fills your life with passion trying to either follow that as a direction in life or try to add it to your life and not just be consumed by uh what expectations career. for you yeah or a career you yeah. know try to try to spice up your life with passion basically Ooh, spice it up <laughs> soft and passionate <laughs> soft and passionate <laughs> and that poet society on this it's clearly uh, far and away the best directed movie Of the entire list we have Without a doubt Yeah probably I would say without a doubt I don't know Varsity Blues is up there <laughs> <Shut> <laughs> I'm just kidding Shut up <laughs> Alright next up We have Book Smart, Which came out in 2019 Written and directed by Olivia Oh I'm sorry Directed by Olivia Wilde I thought she co-wrote it But I was wrong Written by Emily Halpern Sarah Haskins And Susanna Fogle Fogel. Fogel it's funny right <laughs> From from Superman And this stars Caitlin Deaver Beanie Feldstein and Jessica Williams, Jason Sudeikis, and Lisa Kudrow, on the eve of their high school graduation, two academic superstars and best friends realized they should have worked less and played more. Determined not to fall short of their peers, the girls tried to cram four years of fun into one night. This movie its a lot of fun. Uh, I think the actors are super talented. They have a lot of chemistry and a lot of charm. And it's just a good time. I love it so much because it's like the the female version of Superbad. Yeah, it's like it has the same setup, pretty much same plot. Two lead characters who are very like outside of the popular realm. And they're trying to have this one wild night. They're trying to like, trying to finally get it all out before the summer's over. Before the summer starts, you know. Yeah, but the motivation is a little different. Where the girls are just trying to have fun. Yeah, and the guys are trying to get laid. Yeah, <laughs> so exactly, it's <laughs> yeah. just the female versus male yeah, version of, exactly. the, of the movies. Yeah, and yeah, they do. It f- that's uh, Beanie's fantastic in this movie, and I can't wait to see her. Um, in the Monica Lewinsky, Bill Clinton mm-hmm. TV series—is this TV show, right? It's a miniseries. Yeah. So she's a super talented actor, and it's it's pretty funny that her and Jonah Hill are siblings, and they're in ver- like the <laughs> very similar movies of the same time. And uh, Caitlyn Deaver is great. She was in Justified, mm-hmm. which I I love oh, yeah, that, that show. That show is cool. Yeah, th- that show is more than cool. Yeah, is was this Olivia Wilde's debut too? Yeah, I believe director right? directorial yeah. debut. Yeah. Awesome movie for yeah. debut, and yeah, it's it's a good time. Yeah. I liked it a lot. It's it's super funny, yeah. like just the first 15 minutes just cracks me up the whole time Mm -hmm. I think that they wanted to show girls can be funny like the guys in Superbad same kind of humor you know what I mean that you don't really see with women characters before movies like this Mm -hmm. then we have 21 Jump Street which came out in 2012 directed by Phil Lord and Christopher Miller the stars Channing Tatum Jonah Hill Ice Cube and Brie Larson and this is obviously (laughs) a remake of the old show and it's, the first one is so funny. The second one's good, but I yeah. think the first one's just incredible. They're both great, I think, but definitely the first one's better. But I just love the the meta attitude they took towards the idea of this, where like, they make fun of Sony multiple times and studios for all the rip-offs. And, and the meta way of saying, like, oh, we're just in another remake again. I love that quality of the movie. Yeah, and just meta making fun of the show yeah. in general like the concept of it's ridiculous and who knew Channing Tatum was so funny yeah you're right this is the this movie I think that like holy yeah. crap this guy's got comedic chops off the chain but yeah. also you work with Jonah Hill who's also yeah. an incredibly com- talented comedic actor but mm-hmm. them two together the chemistry just works every scene is hysterical uh, James Franco's brother Dave Franco is like the antagonist you could say in this yeah, movie yeah. <laughs> he's very funny in this movie too and it's just a good time this, all when, these movies are yeah. good time. this one especially I love when they're like on the, the park duty and they become (laughs) and they're like riding the scooters Ice Cube is so good in this movie hey hey, leave Korean Jesus alone he's busy with Korean shit (laughs) so funny I love the second one When Jonah Hill Sleeps with his daughter And then he <laughs> finds out And he just sees him At the like Parent teacher meeting And <laughs> it's so funny And then when Shane Tatum Finds out He dances around The precinct Like He had sex With his daughter <laughs> It's very silly It's, it's a, one of the It's one of my The funniest things In movies Very very silly movie yeah, I love it It's great <laughs> Yeah we got the, two left The scene when They're tripping out Yeah <laughs> Next up we have 16 candles which came out in 1984 the is this the fourth john hughes movie we have molly ringwald anthony michael hall and justin henry star in this film a girl's sweet 16th birthday becomes anything but special as she suffers from every embarrassment possible on this entire list i would say that this one has aged the most poorly Um, i would agree there there are some scenes that are like pretty cringing if you watch them now you're like this is a bit much, but again, generally with Ted's character, yeah, because Ted does a few things that are just like very like unsafe and honestly horrible. Pretty towards weird, women. pretty weird yeah. stuff. Yeah, pretty yeah. weird stuff. Like there's a scene where he takes her underwear and he and he, pay, he gets he offers kids a dollar to be able to smell it, and then he tries to get his friends to take a photo of him in a car with a drunken girl. So very strange to have in a movie it's pretty cringe parts it's bad it's bad stuff but she's yeah but her the main character played by molly ringwald she's like stuck with this weird dorky guy that she can't stand but she's really like infatuated with like this beautiful Sam, popular boy played by jake yeah is that Anthony sam's Michael? sam's molly ringwald and jake is justin Henry. gotcha um and it's about her trying to find the courage to talk to him and and try to spark a relationship with him and, and finally go after something she wants. But vice versa, because he, they have this, like, they don't communicate it, but they have this back and forth where they're never able to, you know, get on the same level and understand that they both like each other. And they're always staring at each other. Yeah. But, th- again, th- there are some good – there's a lot of good scenes, but, again, I think there's just some weird scenes that kind of when you watch it today, it's like a- – Again, it didn't age very well. If you eliminate the Ted character, it's it's much better. Yeah, for sure. What I would absolutely. say, absolutely, because Molly Ringwald is great in this, and Sam's an awesome character, and it def it definitely has one of the sweetest en- endings in all of these this list that we have yeah. with them two, with the birthday cake that he got her and all the candles, and it's a really sweet moment. And ultimately, it's a great film, and it made Molly Ringwald a star for sure. Mm-hmm. And I think this is definitely you got to say one of the most loved teen movies for sure, probably. And then our final film on the list is Not Another Teen Movie. This came out in 2001, directed by Joel Galen, written by Mike Bender, Adam Epstein, and Andrew Jacobson, stars Chris Evans, Kyler Lee, and Jamie Presley. And this is the ultimate spoof of all teen movies. And all the accumulation of them or the two de- two decades previous its release. And I think that I would say that Sixteen Candles is the main spoof for sure. But also like um, Varsity Blues a big time in there. And a few others. But for, for American those, Pie is sure. But for, for sure. sure those two films in particular yeah. they destroy them so bad. I think not another team movie. I love this movie. It's so funny. It It's it just is like there's so much funny to it. There's like so many great scenes. And it's so dumb but it's i just adore it and like chris evans is just excellent in this movie He's such an idiot and <laughs> <laughs> jd briggs glasses and a ponytail <laughs> <laughs> so, so it has actually the plot of 10 things i hate about you in it as oh, well yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but like there's so much ridiculous stuff in it like what he, when she's dr- she's painting and she's like throwing paint on the canvas for like there's a montage of her and then Chris Evans goes to see it, and it's a stick figure. <laughs> he... You mix them up again. <laughs> so the, the throwing of the paint is, is her in the art class, and then it's yeah. just like a house, but then uh. she's in her basement just painting, and then he's like, wow, you have her eyes. Because <laughs> it's stick figures, and it's his, her mom. <laughs> and then when he walks into school, and he walks over to his portrait, and then he walks over to another portrait of him looking at his portrait. It's so it's, it's It's ridiculous. It's, I think it's the best spoof movie I I've think ever made. I Scary Movie 3. Scary Movie 3? is hysterical yeah the production value is really jacked up yeah, in that but one. but that movie is so fucking so effing funny sorry <laughs> scary movie three not another team movie definitely the best two spoof movies but man th- this movie it's i can't watch it and not football laugh the whole game time. when he keeps the, having the memory yeah. of it he <laughs> gets split it's, in food. half and he has like he's like 10 minutes to throw the football i mean and, dude yeah Foo fires is played there goes my <laughs> it's so good I adore this movie, yeah, man. It's, I adore it's it. really, really great. as As bad as the writing is, like this, it's just a. It's supposed to be bad, but like ah, I just love this movie. It's it laughs. I laugh out loud when I see this. Every t- I hope yeah, you do. It's great. Do you, he does laugh out loud at this guy's. <laughs> all right, and that wraps our back to school episode list. Wow. Hope you all enjoyed this. If we missed any that you love, let us know in comments on YouTube or anywhere. If you If you love a high school movie that we didn't add. But other than that, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Become a patron for sure at patreon.com slash Raiders of the Lost Podcast. Go to our website, follow, subscribe, hit the notifications wherever you're listening. Thank you so much for tuning in. Take care, everyone. Raiders of the Lost Podcast is a Mirror Image production. Nice Sound mixing done by Jacob Kosler. Opening music by Chase Jackson.